Good morning, gallery. Good morning. Good morning. Just let's just just take a moment and reflect on the freedom that we have in Christ. And I don't think we necessarily think about that too often, but the freedom that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ, is so critical, so important. And we ought to be grateful. We ought to celebrate. We ought to praise his name because just knowing what God has done for us is enough to just for us to lift our hands and to give God praise. And so I just want to encourage, I want to really have you to think about the words that Olivia shared with us because those words are powerful. And so as we are transitioning through our service, just reflect on the joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we just need to just continue to reflect and reflect and just give God praise for all the great things he has done for us. I am here um, to do announcements, and then I will then transition to our generosity prayer. And so um, just want to update update you on a few things. And so for our announcements, first, if you are not, if you're new to gallery, welcome. I know there are a few new faces here, and so we want to encourage you to um, t- take a take a look at our app. So we have an app on all platforms, iOS as well as Android. So please check us out on Gallery Church and download the app. And if God is calling you to be a part of our family, we encourage you to get connected to us. And so there is a connected um, button on the app, and you'll find more information about us. And so. Again, welcome all of you to our assembly. Our next announcement is about our summer reading. Now, summer is coming to a close. Can you believe it? Um, But Pastor Ellis has encouraged us um, to read two books for this summer. The first book is What, What If Jesus Was Serious? And it focuses on the Sermon on the Mount. And I highlight that because the other part of our summer assignments... Um, we're to encouraging us um, to read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthews 5, 6, and 7, every day throughout the course of the summer, and then being able to reflect and recite some portions of it. And so um, hope that we have all been able to work through that. But again, the first one is What If Jesus Was Serious? Easy read, lots of pictures. For those are short attention spans. Um you know, this is this is a great book. The second book is When We Stand by Terrence Lester. And so another great read and just talking through just the injustices and how we as a church can be working towards bringing um, community. And so, again, those are two books that Pastor Ellis has encouraged us to read over the course of the summer. And so we still have a few more weeks before, quote, summer is done. So, um Please, you know, if you have some time to please check out those books. And lastly, um, our deacons made a petition for grocery gift cards. Um, they are responsible for those who have expressed a need for um, need of food, and they distribute gift cards. And we had ran out um, going into the July August time frame, and so for those who have given gift cards we thank you so so much and we have received quite a few donations 
But if you have not given and you find it in your heart to give, we are encouraging you to please go and give um, in denominations of $25 and $50 gift cards to a local area grocery store. There would usually is a deacon on, on duty for each Sunday. You can give that to a deacon or you can give that to myself or Pastor Ellis, and we will make sure that our deacons um, receive those gift cards accordingly. And so we are just excited for you all to be here. And again, we're just so excited that God is just doing some wonderful things in our assembly and in the house. And so those are our announcements for today. And so I'd like to transition us to um, our prayer generosity. So we talked about have, you know, gift cards and giving and God has been doing a lot of wonderful things at in gallery, even as the pandemic is going through its ebbs and flows, you know, God is still a keeper and he is continuing to keep this assembly. And part of the reason why he has kept this assembly is because of your giving. And so we wanna thank you for those who have been giving generously and, and above uh, because it's because of those gifts that we can still do ministry. And so I would like to encourage you all to give online. You can give through the app or if you're present here, you can give, we have boxes inside our sanctuary to for you to drop off your um, donations and your offerings and so part of our generosity is that we read a prayer out loud and you'll see the prayer on our screens and so will you please follow me as we go to the lord in our generosity prayer father in heaven there is nothing i have that you have not given me all i have and belong to you brought with the blood of jesus christ to spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstanding the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show you are like all the world. Amen. And so we just thank you all. And again, please find your hearts to give. And so and now I bring Pastor Ellis to introduce our speaker. Thank you, Andre. Um, two things. First, uh, we are today is the end of our Habitus series. Uh, we have spent the summer going through different habits because, let's be honest, in our faith, if we don't practice it when we are tested, we won't know what to do. So many of us will think, well, if I just come to the church and hear, that's sufficient. But most of you are in careers where you spent years practicing what you now do, or you're in the preparation practice for what you are ultimately going to do. It is no different in our faith. If we don't develop the habits of our faith, 
when trials come our way, we won't respond properly. And so today is the end of this series. And if you missed out on the series, it's all on YouTube, podcasting, think Facebook. You can go back and, and pick up pieces because we're going to be putting these pieces in continual practice throughout our, our growth community life, which is our small group structure throughout the year. So today is on generosity, which brings me to the second part of this introduction. Um, Jay uh, who, Baylor, who is going to be sharing with you today on generosity, the habit of generosity. Um, And he is an excellent husband, father, friend, and pastor here in Baltimore. He's been serving the city for over 15 years. And even most recently during the pandemic, helped organize tractor trailer loads weekly, if not multiple times a week, into communities to help people that um, literally live by daily bread. Um, to sustain them through the pandemic, hours upon hours of logistical work just to make sure that families and children stay fed through the difficulties of this last year. And that's one of just many things that I could say about my good friend. He's an excellent teacher. He loves the Lord, and you will feel that. You will feel loved by him, even though the majority of you are about ready to meet him for the first time. So let me pray, and as I pray, Jay, would you come on up? Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would use my friend, this pastor, this servant, to encourage us into the ways of Christ today. Father, we don't claim to have already perfected our faith. We need you to keep the work going in us so that this week we can even be more like Christ. And so, Father, we are not satisfied with where we are. Um, Would you continue to fashion the image of Jesus in us, especially in this area of generosity? I thank you for my brother. I thank you for his wife, Mindy, who's here with us as well today. Father, I pray that your favor would be on them, that there would be blessings that they would see now on this side of your rule and reign, Lord, that would be um, uh, bringing life not only to their family, but to our city as well. In, In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Jay, thank you. Good morning. It is such a joy and an honor to be with you this morning. I'm really excited to share in this message with you and so excited. Ellis, thank you so much for the invitation. And um, you have an amazing pastor. He's incredible. He has such a he has the quintessential pastor's heart. When I just think of the pastors in the city, the pastors who are loving the city well and uh, live out the the message that they preach day in and day out, I know that Ellis is one of the best in the city. And so you're just so you are so privileged to have the pastor that you have. He is a fantastic leader and a, a leader in the city. And so I'm th- so thankful to be able to be here with you. This morning, Pastor. Great to meet you this morning, Ginger. Looking forward to spending time with you. Um, I love this series that you've been going through this summer. Um, I've caught a couple of them on YouTube, and I was here for one uh, earlier in the summer. Um, It's just so it's so challenging to work through um, the truth that God has given us in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I when I was in seminary, I'll just confess this. We learned that the Sermon on the Mount was just too hard to do, that this is really just um, hyperbole, that we're really just supposed to be nicer people, you know, and that's where it's kind of going. But how many of you believe that that Jesus gave us this as real, practical, doable um, guidance to living out life the way we are truly designed to live? 
So I'm excited to get, get into generosity. I know generosity is one of those third rail issues like, oh, no, he's not going to talk to me about my money, is he? And I, I promise you that this is so much more than that. Um, <clears throat> this week, um, Mindy and I were invited to a, a fantastic dinner party with a small group of our friends. We're working on some projects in the city together. And so one, uh, one family gathered us all together, and we just had an amazing time together. All evening, they, they cooked some incredible food. We brought food to share. We had uh, just stimulating, a wonderful conversation together. It, late into the night, we lost track of the time, and we just kept enjoying one another, enjoying the food and the drink. There was so much to enjoy, and just went home just feeling full and satisfied and rich. That's the creation that God has given us. This is, the, this is the picture that we're given at the beginning of creation. When God sets up the world for us, he has given us a rich, abundant creation, a world that's full of life, full of opportunity, that's literally designed for us to flourish in. And this is what God's love expresses to us in the creation. God is a good and generous host, and we are his guests. And he's provided us this amazing home to live in. And in this place, under God, there is always more than enough. Do you agree with me? Just say with me, there is always more than enough. Y'all need to do better next time. All right. <clears throat> and we humans are called to keep the party going and to carry on with spreading God's goodness. God said to his first image bearers, Adam and Eve, have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, cover the earth. And we are meant as his image bearers and as his presence carriers to join in God's grand project of bringing beauty and bounty out of nothing. Bringing order and abundance out of chaos and disorder. Now we all know, and as we've already talked this morning, the world's not as it should be. This is not what God's design was for, to experience war and famine, to experience storms and destruction. We live in the midst of brokenness and chaos, scarcity, struggle, and suffering. And I don't have to remind anybody about that. But what I do need to declare is this is not God's design for the world. This is because we humans decided to live life on our own terms. Instead of following God's wisdom and our creation has been broken, we decided that we wanted to do what was best in our own eyes rather than living with God's wisdom. So we have taken creation for ourselves. So we scrap and we scrape, we strive and we struggle to grab hold of the things 
that God actually gave us for free. And we buy into this mindset of scarcity that there's not enough. We'll be left out. And so we justify this impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And even if we do have enough, we choose to hoard and save for ourselves out of fear that someday the abundance might not be here again. So this just leads us to this place of endless anxiety and envy and striving and violence. And we will even go to war to protect what we have and to take what someone else has. But God. Everybody just say, but God. God keeps showing up to the party. Even as we humans keep messing it up over and over and over and over again. And finally, eventually, he came in Jesus as the ultimate free gift of his expression of love. And Jesus comes into the world under harsh circumstances of oppression, famine, war, poverty, people just trying to survive and get by day after day. And surprisingly, shockingly, in a world of scarcity, in a world of trouble, in a world of persecution, Jesus lives as though abundance is the rule. Jesus lives this fantastic, generous, open life in the midst of some of the harshest circumstances. He does things that defy our worldview of scarcity. He takes a little bit of food and feeds huge, huge crowds. And he doesn't just do it once. He does it twice, at least. And he doesn't just give us enough. There's baskets and baskets of food left over. And Jesus says things that just defy all reason according to the world, like sell all that you have and give it to the poor. I'm not hearing any amens. He says, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and full, abundant life. What's Jesus doing? Is he living an impossible life? No. He's living what it looks like to live a full life in relationship to his father. He's in close, intimate partnership with his father. He's doing what, he's, what he sees his father doing, saying what he hears his father saying. And he's completely obedient in all ways, revealing God's true nature to us. I'm here to tell you he was living the way humans are designed to live. He's living the life we're meant to live. And here on the Sermon on the Mount, he's telling us, his followers, in very practical terms, how to live this life. He's inviting us into this lifestyle. He's not making rules that say you must do this, you must do that. And I'm not going to tell you what you have to do with your money, your time, or your effort, or your things. 
This is an invitation. This is an invitation into life with God. So we're going to take a, the rest of our time, a few more minutes to just, I want to go through a few passages in the Sermon on the Mount. We all probably know that Jesus spent lots of time talking about money, but he did it in order to make illustrations of how to talk about how to live life. There are lots of passages in Scripture that talk about how we should use the things we have. Um, but there's so much richness just in these three uh, chapters that you've been reading every day. I've been reading these each day this, week, this summer, and um, it's just really been challenging and enriching for me as well. So I'm going to put up the first slide, and we're going to start out with um, possibly one of the most challenging passages in Scripture. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ease you right in on this. Therefore, I tell you, <clears throat> don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they can any one of you by adding by, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life here's the deal my friends the problem's never about how much we have this is the core issue the problem is our mindset that maybe God can't be trusted. Maybe God won't take care of me. Maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there isn't enough, and maybe I need to take matters in my own hands to take care of myself and my family. Isn't this strikingly similar to the accusation that the snake makes about God to Adam and Eve? Doesn't this sound very much like what the accuser, the Satan, said to Jesus in the, te- in the, in the wilderness during the temptations? Can God be trusted? Is he really good? Does he really care for you? Now, I know I'm not easing you into this. I understand that this is extremely challenging. And it's one thing to say the words and hear the words. It's another thing to receive them and to have the the experience of trusting God. And I'm not fool enough to think that because I've just said it, now you believe it. So I know that you need to hear this from the Lord yourself. That this is a personal revelation for you in your experience with your life to come to a place of trusting that God is really good. I just want to take a minute right here just as we wrestle with this i know what it feels like to to feel in my heart that 
Mm, I'm not really sure about that. This doesn't set right with me. If you would just take a moment, just by yourself, say, Lord, I'm, just be honest with him if this, if this doesn't sit right with you. Lord, I feel like you have let me down. If you feel in your heart, Lord, I feel like you have left me at times. You haven't come through for me at times. You can be honest with him. I confess that I have believed that you're not really good for me. He's okay with you being honest about this. Now, Lord, will you come and tell me the truth? Lord, will you speak to each of us about the truth of your goodness? Come and speak to each of us about the truth of your love for us. If there's only one thing that you would experience here this morning, it would be an experience, a personal experience, a tangible experience of God speaking to you, touching your heart with his goodness and his love. Father, I ask that everyone here, everyone here would know of your goodness. That everyone here would hear your voice saying, you are my special Son, you're my special daughter. I love you. I care for you. I'm here with you. Thank you, Jesus. This has to be settled in our hearts. And if it's not yet settled, I would just encourage you to spend more time with the Father. Spend more time asking and seeking and knocking. So what the testimony of Scripture says over and over again is that our God is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in gracious love. Amen. <clears throat> Can we go on? Are you ready? Are you okay? All right. Next slide. Well, this one... Um, has to do with our material stuff. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. When we know there's enough, we can be generous, right? When we have money in the bank, we can give money away. When we have plenty of clothes, it's easy for us to clean out our closets and give it away. And this is generally what we consider to be generosity when someone brings up the issue. Yes, I'll respond to the appeal to give grocery cards. Absolutely, that's easy for me to do. And when, but when we're just learning generosity... Giving away our stuff can be hard. 
I remember when my wife and I were first married and we had just come to the Lord together. And this was one of the first lessons. How are we going to give? What are we going to give? How do we begin to set up a life together following after God, being obedient to his call to give? And it's, it was a struggle for a while for us to work out how do we manage our budget and how do we give? And practical things, like we just set up some practical things, like I only have so many hangers in my closet. She has the really big closet. I have the really small closet. So there's only so much room. So if I buy a new shirt, I only have so many hangers. So if I buy a new shirt, an old shirt has to go. And we just made a, pro- we just made a, a practice of let's go through our house. The things that we don't need, the things that we haven't used, we're, we're going to give them away. The other practice we started early on in life was um, just bringing other people into our house. Just inviting folks who are not our family members to come and live with us. And we just happened to have, we, we bought a new house when we were, uh, with, when our kids were little. And we were right at the stage where we were asking the Lord, should we have more babies? We had had two, two daughters and um, we both went away for a period of time, maybe an hour, to just seek the Lord to say, what, what should we do about our family size? Should we add more kids? And the Lord clearly told both of us, it was probably one of the first times we both heard the Lord together on something, I have lots of other babies to send to you. Within a month, a mother from our youth group came to us and said, I'm sick, I can't care for my, my son, uh, my teenage son anymore. Um, would you please bring him in? Would you take him in? Would you take him for us? And um, so Mindy and I brought this teenage boy into our house, and we already had a couple of uh, college students living in an apartment on, on our first floor. And from that point on, our house was always always had extra people living in it. And um, I think we've had probably three or four dozen people come and stay with us, Long, like not just overnight, but I'm talking like months or years. And a few people have become literally part of our family. We have a bonus daughter now that named Hamna. She came and lived with us for years, and she's become our daughter, and she graduated high school with us, graduated college with us, and now she's out on our own. And But that, this, this is what, this, 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 this idea that what we have is not our own has taught us so much about generosity. And this generosity with our stuff is really just the training wheels. It's the way God gets into our hearts with generosity. You know, he says someplace else in this passage, um, where your treasure is, your heart will be. And God actually wrote this kind of generosity into the law of Israel. That don't charge each other interest on loans. Leave part of your harvest for the poor to glean. Take in the orphan and the stranger Give to those in need. Israel was called to do this because God had given them the land. And just like your generosity declaration says that all we have came from you. And so to you we return what we have. We can give with confidence that God will continue to care for us if we give. The early church practiced this in very tangible ways as well. 
You know, we hear testimonies that they held all things in common. They shared meals together with one another. And that just wasn't so they could have good potlucks. That was actually because there were folks that were hungry in their midst. And it was a way of making sure that everyone got fed, that everyone had a place at the table. And the early church used their collection to give to those who had need. They actually had an open, they had an open collection where if you had money, you put money in the basket. If you needed money, you took money out of the basket. They had food pantries and, and closed closets so that everyone would, um, ne- would be able to get what they needed from the church. They fed the widows and the orphans, and it was said of them that there was no need among them. Isn't that a great testimony? And this is really the primary reason why the early church grew. Because people in the community looked around and they they said to themselves, wait, you know, those Christians are pretty well cared for. They're taking care of one another. And when you're in a culture that doesn't value life, when you're in a culture that that is very individualistic, where there's lots of trouble, where where life is fragile, to have a whole group of people who are completely dedicated to caring for one another, like, I want to get in on that. I want to be part of that. And so we can ask ourselves, we'll do this practically at the end, but how can we regularly practice giving our things away in generosity? Let's go to the next slide. I have to confess that this early on, this has always, since early on in my Christian life, has been one of the scariest passages in Scripture. I don't know, does anybody else agree with me? That if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. The next passage further on says, But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven, because he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God has been so good to us. He has lavished his grace toward us, and we can be generous in our relationships toward others. Extending forgiveness to those who hurt us, thinking the best of others, giving preference to others, even praying for people who are against us. This proclaims the truth that people are not the enemies. Everybody can say amen. People are never the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. He's the one who is defeated when we forgive and reconcile. The Apostle Paul practiced this as he took up offerings from the daughter churches to send back to Jerusalem. He was sending an offering to the churches who had sent out missionaries to give him a hard time. The missionaries who followed him around, who, who were he called the Judaizers, were from the Jerusalem church, trying to break down what he had built up 
to to come against the message he had sent out. When he's in jail, he prays for and witnesses to the officials who have jailed him. And many come to faith through his witness. And this is the testimony of so many who have been persecuted throughout the history of the church. There's a lot more we could say about this, but just to say our relationships and how we handle them is a direct reflection of what we believe about Jesus and how we live out this life of love. He says, love one another as I have loved you. That's a tall order, but you know what? He believes you can do it. Next slide. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is really, this, this is really where we get down to how we live all this out is your life is not your own. So give it away. The question is, how can I spend my life to give glory to God? We were not meant to put our lives under a bushel. I'm just reminded of the fun little kids song about that. We're not meant to hide who we are. We're not meant to live this life in secret. We're not meant to... Love just those who are near to us or those who are like us or those that love us back. We're meant to love all in a self-giving, sacrificial way in which our lives are given away. This is what God did. He so loved the world that he gave his son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 8.31, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, says, What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Everybody just say, all things. Do you get a little bit from God? Does he just give you what he want, what you want or what you need? Does he hold back anything from you? He gives you all. And if we have been given so much, how much more can we give? How freely can we give? Of ourselves. Last slide. We are meant to give, we're meant to give, and God gives us what we need to give. We're not left without resources. Um, Ellis talked about all the tractor trailer truckloads we gave away. We only gave away what we got. You can't give what you don't have. So God gives you freely so that you can freely give. God comes through in miraculous ways so often, giving more than we could ever ask or dream or imagine. As we've given simple food or drinks away, 
We have seen him call his children back home to relationship with him. We've seen him heal diabetes and remove bullets from bodies. We've seen him restore to wholeness shattered spirits and set people free from oppression. As we care for one another, I will guarantee you that he will come with power and miracles to break through things that look so impossible to us. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. And the Apostle Luke adds in, And my Father and I will come in and eat with you. Isn't that good? All we have to do is ask, and he gives. Seek, and he will be found by us. One last passage. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So in everything, do to others what you would have them to do, for this sums up the law and the prophets. We have access to so much. We have such riches to give away. We have been called co-inheritors with Christ. We've been given access to every spiritual blessing in heaven. So just to bring this home, God is good. Amen? He's generous, and we can trust him with our lives. The generosity that Jesus lives in exposes our selfishness. But being generous in the way that Jesus is generous creates this whole new kind of security that we're yearning for. And it's not a security that comes from economics or from politics. It's a security that's based on a community that truly loves one another, who shares freely with each other. And we've been given more than enough to be generous with our things And because we've been given so much, we've been forgiven so much, we can also forgive others and be generous in our relationships. Our lives are not our own, and we've been invited to give them away in the cause of Christ. God has given us everything we need. We just have to ask. Amen. Oh, we're going to do some exercises. We're going to try this out right here, right now. Is everybody ready? All right. So um, the first thing I want us to do is um, just take a few moments and in quiet reflection with the Lord, recognize your abundance. Ask God to just show you, what have you already given me in abundance that I can share? If you have a piece of paper to write on or you want to take a note on your phone, just write down what God gives you 
What has he given you that you have in abundance? Then I want you to express thankfulness to God for what he has given you. So much comes out of just being grateful, being thankful. Now I'm going to ask you to share this with somebody next to you. If you can get in groups of three or four, just turn around, take a moment, and just share with the people around you. There's something about speaking this out that makes it even more real than just writing it down. So I just want to share, just take a moment. We'll just take a few moments. Just share with the people around you. What is it that God has given you in abundance? And be thankful for it. Go ahead. So while you're in your groups, I just also want you to discuss, like, if I have this, then how could I give that away to meet a need in the community? Can you recognize how what you have can meet a need that's in our community, either in your church here, maybe even in the group that you're in right now, that what you have someone else might need? So what, how can I share what I have? What are the needs of the people around me? What needs do I see in my church family? Let's take a few more minutes and just discuss this, and then we'll do something different.
just wrap this small group um, time up uh, in a in another minute or so. So if somebody else uh, hasn't shared yet, go ahead and give each other time. Did anybody discover something or like get an aha? Like, oh yeah, that would be a perfect mit- match. So one of the early church fathers named Origen noticed in his church services, and they met in small groups and homes, and so um, he said that often what would happen is that as people were praying together, standing close by one another, crying out to the Lord for their needs as they prayed out loud, that the person standing next to them would realize, oh, I could meet that need. And then that's how actually during intercession, as people prayed for one another, they realized the need of the people who are nearby them that they could meet that need. And that was one of the chief ways that um, one, of our, one of the early church pastors, um, Origen, discovered that his people were helping one another. And so this was kind of a warm-up here where we just talked about what we have and what we need and how what we have could meet someone else's need. We're going to practice this um, for real where we're going to pray together, interceding together all at once, calling out to God for what we need and maybe what our community needs. Is that okay, Ellis? And then um, as we're crying out together, everyone has to use their outside voice inside. All right? Because we have to be able to hear one another enough that we could recognize, I have what she needs. I could give in a way that would meet that need. All right? I know this might feel awkward for some of us if you're not used to praying out loud, and especially if you're not used to declaring what you need in the middle of a room of people you might not know all that well. But this is okay because this is how, this is how we do this together. The early church practiced this, and we're just going to practice this together. So uh, we're just... Outside voice. We're all going to use our outside voices. All right? Because we're behind masks and it's a big room. Um, so we, you know, pay attention to what you're hearing from the person next door to you, next to you. All right? We're just going to do this for like two minutes. But I want you to cry out like, like, like the, the thing you most need. Cry out to the Lord for the thing you most need from him. Amen? All right. Are we ready? I think we all need to stand for this because you, you need to get up and, and kind of engage your whole body in this. And just bear with me for a, few, for a minute or two, all right? This is, a, this is an experiment and a practice um, of the early church. We're just going to see what God will do with this as we begin to cry out. And if everyone does this together, nobody will feel awkward, all right? So we're all in this together. We're all going to use our outside voices, and we're all going to cry out to the Lord for what we need. All right? Are you ready? Lord, we cry out to you right now that we need your presence in our city. We cry out to you, Lord. I cry out to you, Lord. I cry out to you, Lord, for food tomorrow. I cry out to you 
for the money to pay my bills. I cry out to you for my relationship with my children. Lord, I ask that you come, that you bring reconciliation. I ask that you come and help, Lord. Help, Lord. Help, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Be my help. Be my help. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask that you help me fix my, my garage roof in Jesus' name. Lord, send me help to fix my roof. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask for wisdom in parenting my children. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask for counsel. As I sit with those who need help, Lord, I ask for your spirit to come as I pray for those who are sick, that they would be made whole. Lord, come, Lord Jesus, help me, help me. Come on, we need outside voices, outside voices, outside voices. There we go. Come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. How did that feel? Great and awkward. Yes, I understand. And if this were practice we did all the time, and if we were closer together, I'm sure this would not feel as awkward. But um, anyway, thank you for, for humoring Ellis and I in this experiment. All right, you can sit down. Um. Do I have one more slide? Yes. Okay, so here's a practical way. This is, this is already in practice here at the Gallery Church, and I know you all are, as a community, are already very generous. And so I um, want to encourage you to, um, if you have a, a need, you know, you can fill out a card and put it on the needs board. Where's the needs board? Right over there. Awesome. There's the needs board. There are cards, there are pins that you can fill out a card, push and put it on the needs board. And if you, and then, then here's the, the other way to do this is you can also um, go and check out the needs board. And if there's, if someone needs help doing something or with something that you can help them, then you can take the card off, contact them and you can help someone. So this is a great way as a community to just be really tangible, very practical, um, let people know what you need help with. You know, if you need help moving, if you need help getting a piece of furniture into your house, if you need help with whatever it is, financial help, uh, if, you know, put it on the needs board. You never know. The Lord can provide. Amen? Everybody just say amen. All right. And one more. I think I have one more slide. It's a reflection question. So right at the very beginning, I, I hit you with probably one of, the, one of the hardest sets of questions to a- ask and answer for ourselves. Do we really believe God is good? Do we really believe we can trust him? Do we really know he cares for us? And when I don't take these questions lightly. These are, these are the most important questions to settle in our own hearts and so if as we've gone through this message today and experienced some of the practices 
if there's something that doesn't set right in your spirit, that someone's been whispering to you in a way that doesn't line up with truth, or you're hearing something in your own heart that, that you need deeper reflection, um, take, those, take those questions to the Lord and ask him to tell you the truth. Ask him to come and encounter you, to speak to you, so that you have a personal experience with God's goodness and his love and care for you. He wants to meet all of you and be with you and care for you. He wants you to feel this deep inside so that there's never another question. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. If On the way in, uh, I believe that you should have received one of our Lord's Table cups. If you did not, if you just raise your hand and you want to participate with us in a time of the Lord's Table, uh, just raise your hand and Andrea will bring uh, the basket around to you. If you're online, you have a few moments to go ahead and grab something in your home. Grab a, your cup, the bread, the equivalent to that that you may have supplies around you. Um, and while we're getting ready for this... Um, I just want to tell you, starting next week, we're going to start a five-week series. And basically, it's all about Jesus. That's the title. It's all about Jesus. We're, many of you are new. You're looking for a new church home. Some of you um, are, are new to faith or you are trying to find faith. Whether you're watching online or here in person, you have friends. We are just going to talk about Jesus uh, for five straight weeks Everything from where he came from to the things he said and then so many little things in between. Because if we are staking our life in Jesus Christ, then I believe there's something that we should not only just know, but there should be something that's an overflow of our life to other people. Because as we were reminded today, um, Jesus has been an overflow from generation to generation to generation. And it's now our responsibility to be that generation following after him. So for the next five weeks, it's all about Jesus. And so with that, um, I don't really care for these little cups, but this is COVID. Um, This is our um, compliance. I love coming around the table. I love having fresh bread. I love making it a meal and something where, as Jay reminded us, the early church, when they came together, one of the things that I loved is many of them would actually actually fast one to two days a week, not because they were looking for God to reveal something to them. They were fasting once or twice a week so that the food they would have eaten that day they could give away. I mean, that's like thinking about that. Like I, I immediately I'm, I'm thinking of skipping a lunch so that I can give that lunch to somebody else or three meals in a day to somebody else. That's the way the early church was surviving through poverty and famine and all the different pressures. And so we've reduced it to a plastic cup with a wafer on the bottom and a juice cup on top. Um, So so much of this doesn't seem right, but this is what we have. I think, so the proper mindset is this. Let's just take a moment and remember the power of remembering that Christ loved us so much that he gave himself up for us. He let his body be broken and his blood poured out Because he loved us and he wanted our sins forgiven. He wanted us set free. And that's what this cup represents. And so if you would, would you go ahead and take the wafer out of the bottom? And we say this out loud together because I want us to be hearers of truth. But we also need to be the ones that speak truth to other people so that they can hear it. 
And so I'm going to say this to you. You can say it to me or to others around you. But just hold the wafer up and look at somebody and just say, this is his body broken for you. All right. And then let's take this together. And the bread in heaven is going to be a whole lot better. <laughs> I'm sorry. That piece was just really stale for me. Sorry. And then let's just hold up the cup to one another and just remember this was his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's do this together. There is a church tradition that's a, a proclamation of the mystery of our faith. And, uh, and we have had a tradition after the end of our Lord's table of saying this out loud. And so even if you're watching online, say this out loud with me. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. So as our benediction, as we go from here today, um, may you and I be generous as our Father was generous, as Christ has been generous, and as the Spirit has been generous to us. May we learn to be that type of a generous people. And may God's grace and peace be with you. Thank you guys so much. And then um, you don't have to rush out, but uh, we'd love to get to know some of you. But I also know with time, some of you might need to go. But um, we love you guys, and we look forward to seeing you here again next week.